Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me marketing professor and author of The Influencer Code, Amanda Russell. Her website is amandarussell.co. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very happy to have you here. Uh, I just started asking this since it's the start of the new year. I'm curious to know, do you feel any different from 2020? <laughs> yeah, probably the most underwhelming new year we've had. Um <laughs> I don't feel any different. I have to, sorry to disappoint, um, <laughs> other than a lot has changed and a lot, and, and yet nothing has changed at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Amanda, you are a marketing professor. And uh, for people that are kind of hearing about that, because you know, I think marketing can uh, be approached in so many different ways. Uh, give us a, maybe a snapshot of what you do as a marketing professor today. Like what specifically do you, do you enjoy teaching? Yeah, so I actually got into teaching um, because of I saw a huge opportunity gap in the right of academia between what happens in academia and uh, the real world, and especially as the the world that we live in now is changing so fast. And having built a business in the digital, um, you know, in I would say the digital revolution, you know, in the starting in the, in two thousand and ten when you know before Instagram, but when YouTube was really really in its infancy, um, and having gone to business school through that and you know, seeing that there's, there is a real gap, um, between what you're learning by the time a course is published, almost it's, it's almost extinct by the way, by how fast things are moving. And so I thought, God, I really like everything that I learned through building my own brand was a lot of the things were things that I wish I, I could have, would love to dispel to students or, you know, future entrepreneurs or, you know, you know, young people that are looking to advance their career or change careers. And so, um, and especially now with digital, there's such a focus um, on data and technology and the technology of the day. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that building a company successfully um, and marketing successfully is really a balance between, um, between the data and the story. So the human side and the data. And when one conflicts with the other, default to the human story and emotion. Um, and so really trying and what that what that opens up when you focus on the human side is it humans technology will change, but humans will they won't change as much, you know, and I, and I like that business is of this balance between dealing with the messiness of people mm-hmm. and the discipline of the spreadsheet. And so how do you balance that? And so developing, I developed a course and a curriculum around, um, you know, I call it influence marketing, but really it's about relationship. It's about growing, it's about scaling and growing your business and your brand. And that also applies to you as a person too, because everybody's a brand, unless you just want to be average. Do you want to get your email read by somebody important? Do you want to be respected? Do you want your message heard? So all of the same principles apply individually as they do for a corporate, for a bigger scale corporation. So my mission was really to create 
education and courses around how to think versus how to, Mm -hmm. because platforms, algorithms, technology will change daily, but how to think and approach problems and challenges won't you, if you, if you have a framework in your brain of how to approach to succeed, you can find your way at, you know, to anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Give us a, let's say an example, you know, walk us through uh, a business that uh, wants to go through this approach that you are teaching. Yeah. So, um, the audience entrepreneurs, so I'm trying, I would say, um, I can give a very personal example, um, which is how I really, one of the lessons that I learned, uh, in, in starting, which is, okay, so how do I apply this to myself? I want to, um, start this tomorrow. Well, start number one with what do I ultimately want to achieve, right? The goal. So I always say start there and it sounds so obvious, but it's so overlooked. We just want to do things. So end of the day, what's the goal and the goal, people confuse the goal and objectives. So if you're, if you want to be a business, your goal is going to be to make money. I, yes, every business, a lot of business will say we're, you know, we want, we're value-based where we want to make the world a greater place. And all of these, these things are all great objectives, but they're, they're not goals because mm-hmm. if you are a for-profit business, your goal, your goal has to be to make money or you're not a business. Mm-hmm. So once you're successful, you're making money, then you can start all of these other different missions and initiatives. So if, number one is the goal in order to define your objectives and then figure out, okay, like take out a piece of paper right now and figure out, okay, so if my goal, let's say let's make it really personal. If my goal is to do a part, you know, I'm a small company, but I want to do a partnership with a, a big fancy company, like, you know, let's say I'm in fashion and I want to spread in Vogue magazine. I want a partnership mm-hmm. with Vogue magazine, but you know, I'm really small and how am I going to knock down the doors of Vogue? Well, make a list of, who are all the, the the gatekeepers and, you know, pick the country of which Vogue magazine you want. Who are, are all, do your research up front. Who are all the gatekeepers mm. in terms of the decision that you want made? That's your audience. Mm-hmm. Figuring out who your audience is and who the decision makers are is your audience. Spending the time to get to know them, to figure out where do they hang out? What are they interested in? What are their goals and motives? And then figuring out, and then by nature, of knowing that, how can you serve them? How can you do something that's going to create mutual value? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really about number one, okay, what's the goal? And the goal then to helps you define the objectives. And then who are the people, people, brands, whatever it is that are going to help make your goal attainable. And there's usually various steps. Um, I did this, I've done this throughout my career. It's how I've gotten my business partnerships, but figuring out what matters to them. But you can't do that if you don't spend the time up front to really get to know the audience. And the audience is either the person making a hiring decision. It is the company that's deciding what partnerships to do. It is the customer that's choosing your brand over another brand, mm-hmm. but you have to spend the time up front. That's why I say like, make a list who currently has your audience, who has the attention and the trust over your audience. And then asking yourself questions like, well, where, you know, where do they hang out? What are they buying when they buy your product or service? What are they buying before they buy your product? What products or services go along with that, with that purchase decision? Um, Those are all potential partners for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think that's just a lot of uh, advice already, you know, to kind of like 
walk out here and just be, you a know, really, chew on. yeah, def- definitely a lot, a lot to chew on. Um, I, I did mention at the beginning of our conversation that, you know, you are the author of the influencer code. I'm, I'm curious if a lot of what you're teaching yeah. is in that book. Yeah. So the, I basically, the influencer code is, is basically three simple steps and it's, it's that broken down uh, into framework. So I feel like, especially in a field of business and marketing, um, you know, it's like the wild west. It's like, where do you begin? And so you, there's all of this great advice and tips, but then you have to come down to it. And it's like, well, yeah, but where do I begin? Like I just, this messy yeah. storm. And so a big part of my, my mission with writing the book was to create a framework around it, not a best practice, mm-hmm. but a framework. And, you know, business is not, hard science. I don't believe in best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't simply just copy and paste. Mm-hmm. Otherwise everyone would be successful. Um, but there's frameworks and frameworks help you organize where to start, how to organize information so that, you know, you see these, these entrepreneurs or small companies that it seems like everything's on fire all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually frameworks, processes, major, they can help that helps that there, when there's a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it also helps avoid the shiny object syndrome where you're distracted all the time thinking you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, I really especially like, you know, answering the question, like, where do I begin? <laughs> because mm-hmm. like you said, it's like, you, there's so much, we're so in, inundated with advice left and right, or, or feeling like we have to like maybe copy someone else. And so I imagine when people pick up your book, they can find that clarity for themselves. Yeah. And what, and you can, you can read it in any order too. Um, I recommend the, like, you know, throughout, but I I do a lot of case examples on different, every kind of um, industry business ranging from like a solo entrepreneur to some of the biggest brands on the planet. There's so many different cases in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, even if you're like a really unsexy, uninstagrammable kind of service or product (laughs) or a B2B selling, you know, custom solutions and software, um, you can see how it can apply to, your business. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know that you teach your curriculum to institutions around the world. Uh, how, how are you able to, um, I guess, find those opportunities for yourself to be able to, yeah, like I said, to, to uh, apply your curriculum to institutions around the world? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, most of it comes through I, my executive education at the different universities. So I started at UCLA and I'm hmm. Do, I started the executive education there, and then um, at University of Texas. Um, now I'm with, um, starting with Northwestern. So all of the business schools have executive education programs, which mm-hmm. means like they have big corporations that want a prof- you know a professor to either come to their home, their their head office in their country, or they send their executive team for an intensive to the school. So I, I basically got to know because my, my course is very. Um, sort of cut, cutting edge in terms of academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a really popular topic. So, and then by then there's a lot of referral. So that's how I, I did it. But I know, I, yeah, there's, I mean, people do it. Diff- there's many different ways to go about those kind of workshops. Mine's, mine's pretty strictly um, comes under the heading of, a, of, of the business schools, mm-hmm. but I have been starting to do a little bit more um, sort of freelance as well. And that's why I actually put my, put a, put a personal website together so that I could do more of it myself. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that your curriculum, uh, became extremely popular since 2020, um, you know, considering how everyone had to move online. 
Yeah, it, it, I kept, I kept a lot of my courses in person. Actually, I'm mm. still teaching live at the University of Texas. Mm. One of a few, few of 20, one of a few of 20,000 courses. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I try to distinguish that influence, influence and influencer marketing and building a brand is not, I try to say that, you know, keep us in mind that it is not yes we have to know digital but not all of business is digital and not all mm. of influence is digital mm. um that we have to go back so we never now we're so focused that everything's digital that we forget that like a lot of the stuff like influence wasn't invented with social media mm. uh you know it's been around since the beginning of time and, and losing those those thoughts you know you're missing out on all kinds of opportunities yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like in the word influencer itself became popular because of social media. Like I, exactly. all my, I, I know like all my friends and Kelly, I mean, not all of them, but a good number of them, like, uh, you know, they want to pursue being an influencer. They're like, I want to be an influencer when I grow up. And I was like, what does that even, what does that even look like? How do you even begin? I, obviously that's why we have your book here, but you know, it's like, it, it is interesting. But when you think about it, even prior to social media, there have been, you know, like celebrities that would endorse shoes or products and, and everything. And that's, form of influencer um, as well. It is. That's, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of the reasons that I wanted to, to write the book and to create um, a course around it was because of the term influencer. Um, and because I actually, because I hated the term so much. Uh, <laughs> and it was because I started getting called that when I did my fitness brand, my mm-hmm. YouTube fitness brand. And I just, it just, it was like nails on a chalkboard. It still is to me um, yeah. because of the way that it's been misconstrued. And, um, so, you know, I grew my, you know, when looking back, I'm like, how did I grow? How do most businesses grow? They grow via great partnerships. They grow via word of mouth. They grow because somebody refers you, they grow because, you know, like uh, most of my businesses grew because of partnerships, like real partnerships, not one-off pay to play. Yeah. Um, that's advertising and what we're, and, and what we are, we are confusing social media advertising with influence Mm. and, I, and what, what's even crazier is that influence is not a job title. Mm-hmm. It's an outcome. Mm. So to say you want to be an influencer, it makes zero sense. Like it literally doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. there's a few different things about that. First of all, that's equating usually social media with influence and social media. Number one is a channel. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, 20 years ago, if I called you on the telephone and I told you about where I got my nails done and then you go to get your nails done there and you tell them that I referred you, the telephone didn't become the influencer. It was you, right? The force behind it. Social media is our modern day telephone. Mm. Um, Number two is that um, being popular, having followers, fake or real, the, the, the dilemma of fake or real followers actually really shouldn't really be, um, an issue if you really know, if you really have influence, because you can be a content creator, but that's not the same as an influencer Mm. and having attention and popularity. You can be popular all day long. You can have a million zillion followers that all, you know, comment and share all these like vanity metrics. But if my goal is to sell handbags and this, this quote unquote influencer online has a million followers and they're all engaging, but my handbag's $5,000 and her audience isn't ever going to buy a $5,000 handbag, then she has zero influence in, in, in helping me achieve my goal. Yeah. 
And then number three is that influence is not universal, which means that if, if you're influential in one category, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be influential, influential across the board. Almost nobody's influential across the board. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do this, um, my left, my, one of my first lectures, I show a picture of like somebody like Obama or somebody that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And then somebody that another man that, you know, no one's ever, the app, someone, they're not famous. Mm-hmm. And originally when you, they come in I say, who's more influential and everybody obviously picks, you know, the, Obama or whoever they recognize. Right. Right. But if the other man is, let's say he owns a specialty running shoe clinic and shop and you're training for your first marathon and you need a shoe who becomes more influential. And I'm sure Obama has a great shoe collection, but running shoe man is probably going to be way more influential. So there's these different, so I think understanding the, the, this key to, to growth and using influencer marketing, because it's one of the most powerful tools we have in this world for both our personal growth and the growth of our companies and nonprofits is understanding true influence. Mm-hmm. You have to understand it first. And it's not a short-term transaction. It's a long-term, it's like a marriage, not a, not a one-night stand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah, that very much reminds me of one of my friends who has thousands of followers on her Instagram. Uh, however, she, uh, I feel like whenever she endorses something and, she, you know, she tells me offline about these things, like she doesn't really get a lot of traction, you know, and she's always so focused on uh, posting her uh, professional photos of herself and, and all these things to get these likes. But very often when I catch up with her, she's like, you know, I'm just, I'm just not getting any traction. And she's, I think she's somehow is putting all the all her eggs in one basket, I think, with her with her uh, social media following. And so it's very profound to me when you say that influence isn't universal because, you know, when I think of her, like she's kind of an example of that, of like just because you have a lot of followers and this popularity, when you right. endorse a product, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that your audience is going to purchase from you. Exactly. Followers, size of one's audience even is does not equal influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is that you, she's saying she's not getting a lot of like traction or mm-hmm. whatever, however she's defining as, as traction. And I'm assuming maybe sales for brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you offering your, like, pe- why would people want to ha- trust you? It's not just attention, but trust. Yeah. And you have to offer them value. You have to offer them like right. seeing a photo of somebody all the time post, like what is the value that you're, who's your audience and what are they, like what's in it for them? That's yeah. like the big question. Ask yourself what's in it for them. Yeah. 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 And I think for her, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like drop names, but uh, you know, for her, she uh, was a celebrity at a young age. And I think she was just so used to that attention that I think she thought, I think like now later, later in life, it seems like um, it's great to get that attention, but it doesn't always equate to, you know, sales. Um, and so I think that's a, uh, thank you for kind of demystifying <laughs> all of that or, or debunking, you know, kind of that typical. It's always different than when people think I know when we do yeah. I'm like, oh, first, you have to change the paradigm, change the way of thinking. But yeah, I guess the bottom line formula would be like attention minus trust is just more noise. And we have a lot of noise there. It's a ten- You need the trust. The, the formula needs the tr- influence needs the trust component, whether yeah. that resonation off- like offering value, like think of, think of when you make a decision, what that, what the things are. And a lot of them are subconscious that you don't even realize Mm-hmm. Um, or can directly attribute to 
but there's a whole series of things that happen that you might not even realize that one of the biggest influencers for you picking up the book when you were you were running through the airport and you realized on your vacation and you realized that you forgot a beach read and you picked up a book and you didn't know anything about all the books, but you picked up one book because it had the Oprah's book club sticker on it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sticker might have subconsciously been like, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amanda, you dropped a ton of knowledge today when it comes to marketing. I want to thank you again so much for your time. Um, any parting words of advice or just anything else you want to share before we go? Uh, first of all, thank you. You're such a great, uh, great host. Um, and it makes it very, very efficient. It makes it very fun and easy. Um, I think advice would be to, um, take a second and think about like really what it is that you're like the friend, let's use your friend example. Cause that's that, that situation is like nine out of 10 people, whether they're in big businesses or whether they're trying to be a social media star mm-hmm. and think about what is my goal here? Is my goal just to get a bunch of likes? Is my goal to get some like, to get like men to comment on how wonderful I am? Or is it to grow a business? Or is it to, to make a certain amount of revenue? Like what's the goal? And yeah. then, and then decide, like, make a list of who is my audience? Mm. And where are they? Who are, are they? Where are they hanging? And what are the, who is influenced? What are the forces that are influencing them on the decision that I want? Mm-hmm. So if I want X, Y, Z, where are they currently going for that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then study that. And if you can, the best influencer partnerships are partner with those people or forces. There you go. There you go. And on that note, (laughs) Amanda, thanks again so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation today here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Amanda Russell, marketing professor and also author of The Influencer Code. You can learn more about her at her website, amandarussell.co. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.